Welcome to Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host today, uh, Matthew Aguilar, because our regular fearless leader is not feeling well today. So I'm going to do my best. Won't be a replacement, but I'm going to do my best to keep the the torch lit, as it were. Uh, but of course, we have a any, full... You didn't even tell anyone what episode it is. I was getting... Wow. Well, I'm glad you... The tradition of Jump the Gun Jim is still alive and well. <laughs> we are on episode 50. I was going to introduce everybody first. Uh, but of course, you know, Jim Viscardi is with us, as always. Say hi, Jim. Hello. <laughs> We also, we also have uh, Brandon Davis. What's going on? Thanks for having me, uh, host of the day, Matthew. Thank you. And we've got Connor with us because we're going to talk wrestling. Woohoo! Or as Kofi says, wrestling. Mm. Was that like a, a Mary, uh, like a, a gr- gr- uh, old Mario voice? No, that would be woohoo. This was just <laughs> more of me being excited. Oh. Well so, so as Jim alluded to, we are on episode 50. It's a, uh, it's a big deal. I can't believe we've actually done 50 episodes of season two already. It's kind of nuts. Um, one of these days we'll have to do like this like full, like get all the clips, like a best of thing. We need to do that. Mm. We need a clip show for Comic Book Nation. Uh, but we have lots of topics to get to. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's start with Disney Plus, uh, Brandon's favorite service that you still watch all the time. Uh, is getting Home Alone reboot. Uh, is anyone, before I get into cast and everything, what does everyone actually think when I say Home Alone reboot? Like, are you excited? Don't care. Unless wow. it's a Saw parody, I don't care. <laughs> Man, Brandon. To be completely honest, I don't care. Oh, I mean, come on. on to, like, it, it's just going to feel like what would have been Home Alone 7 that would have direct-to-DVD sitting in a bin for $4 at Walmart. And why don't they just rename it and call it what it is, which is bad parenting? (laughs) Okay, so that does actually bring up a good point because this is not a straight-up, like, reboot of the original plot. So, of course, like, people know the original Home Alone had them leaving their child at home twice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And then we don't consider the third and fourth ones. Like, those were directed... DVD and like the kids star also. Did, did those three go to the theater? I didn't even know the history or four. Oh, oh yeah, no, different kid. Those are the T three and beyond of the Home Alone franchise. Yeah, we don't acknowledge those. Uh, but the first two, uh, I thought were great. Like I still love those movies. So this one actually has uh, it's a very different take on the plot. So it actually is about two parents that <laughs> they're at war with this other child because this child steals something from them it's a very it's a very odd uh premise now it has some great people though it has keenan thompson uh ali mackie chris parnell from snl uh ellie kemper from office fame uh rob delaney from deadpool so there's a lot of really like great comedic people uh involved we'll see what it actually ends up being because like so here's the premise all right, so let me find it here. Uh, okay, the new Home Alone film will follow a husband and wife who go to war with a young boy, Max, who is stolen from them. Max is an energetic, witty nine-year-old boy with a mischievous side. He feels wise beyond his years and has the personality to easily converse with adults, plus the uncanny ability to relentlessly push their buttons. Uh, but then they say he displays a sense of innocence and a kind heart. But he steals stuff from them, so I'm at odds. I don't know, what, like, I don't, I feel like you rooted for Kevin because he was against straight-up villains. I don't know if you can root for this kid. This just, like I said, it just feels like something that would have debuted on ABC Family. And this is basically the plot of Home Alone 3. We don't <laughs> acknowledge Home Alone 3. 
<laughs> that did not happen, Connor. That was not real. We rooted for Robin Hood. He was stealing stuff. Giving it to the poor, though. <laughs> this kid's not. Um, okay, maybe, maybe they'll like reveal it's like an altruistic thing, but it doesn't seem like that. Maybe, uh, maybe it is. I don't okay. know. I haven't seen the movie yet. So let's go ahead, though, and move to something else. Maybe it'll get someone excited because Home Alone certainly did not. Uh, Space Force has reportedly been renewed for a season two. Now, uh, that's great news. Is that great news? Okay, yay. We got did you, really, did you really like that first season? I haven't finished it, but I'm watching it, and I think it's very entertaining. Huh. I think, especially like the, I mean, literally the end of the first episode, or it might be the second episode, uh, when they have, when he's trying to get like the monkey in space yeah. to try to fix the ship. I thought that was hilarious. And I, I think it's pretty funny. I mean, I'm only like halfway through, I think, maybe a little bit less because I'm watching The Office for the first time. So that is what made me watch Space Force for the first time wow. because Steve Carell. And so I thought it, I thought it was good. Brandon. Listen, I, I, only, I only keep watching Space Force or I only kept watching Space Force for John Malkovich's character who is great. just absolutely oh, yeah. perfect. He's perfect in that show. Yes. But other than that, like I was, I was hoping for more. It's just so weird because like, cause this was this is a Greg Daniels show, right? He did this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so like for him to, you know, have his pedigree and then put out Upload, which I loved. Upload And then so have good. this come out. And I'm like, whoa. I agree. I watched Upload first and it, and it, that's I think why Space Force took longer to click with me because Upload mm-hmm. was so good right off the bat. Uh, I do find it because like Kofi wrote the article on this and it brings up a good point. Like typically Netflix shows kind of gauge their renewals on like social media buzz and popularity. And we've seen that with a lot of shows. And like this one kind of came and went like no one's still talking about Space Force. Um, so it seems odd that like it got a renewal and it feels like an enthusiastic renewal win. I mean, apparently a ton of people watched it. Like right off the bat. A lot of people watch, but I can't tell if that's just because people are bored and stuck home. That's, and yeah, and that, that's my question about everything right now. Like even, even the old guard, which I thought was a pretty good movie. I liked the old guard. Matt, did you watch the old guard yet? I am not yet. I no, thought it's, you were it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But, but the question is, would the old guard and space force and all these other Netflix titles be getting this popular uh, conversation and buzz and, and a number of people watching because we w- at this point would normally on the podcast be talking about Black Widow releasing on Blu-ray and <laughs> for the fourth week in a row True. and Morbius coming out next week and, all, and everything else. So oh, I'm like, would as many people be watching it? I don't think so, but maybe, maybe, I don't know. I, I think Old Guard would because Old Guard's got that, it's, you know, a, a bit of a, uh, it's a great action movie. Like it's got a ton of great action in it. And I think there were they, they, there was something that was put out today that even said like that Extraction was the number one Netflix original movie. Like that's the <laughs> most people watched, which I was baffled by. But I again, when I think that like I think those numbers are, are probably skewed because more people were at home or was like, well, there's I mean, a new movie. On how did a movie like Six Underground do back before all of this? Genuine question. I don't know. Well, right. I mean, that's it. Because like, it was like the last movie they touted was um, the the Bright, right? Like they're like, oh man, but Bright, Bright and, crazy and Six numbers. Underground both weren't very good. Kofi's ears are burning right now because he loves Bright. <laughs> 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 he loves that movie so much. I didn't. I didn't actually didn't mind Bright, and I'm kind of excited uh, for, for the sequel. But I'm shocked that like it did the numbers that it did. But I want to know what those numbers are compared to like Extraction, and if those are really just because people are stuck at home and have nothing. Better. And of course, Netflix doesn't release those numbers, so we just have to keep 
wonderful. Yes, they rarely do. How does um, Netflix make any money? We don't know. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out myself, especially with <laughs> all these bankrolls. I, guess. I mean, it must be. Um, we spend and, so much money. And the movies and the cast and everything keep going upwards. Um, so, okay. So, that's, so that got us excited. See? Um, we could do it. It was nice. Uh, so one that I'm actually... I don't know why I'm excited for this, but I kind of am. So uh, Just Cause, which is a hit video game series. Like my, one of my favorite video game series. Of so all. fun. It's, it's ridiculous fun. Now, at first, when this got announced as a movie, I was like, really? Like, that's, <laughs> I don't know why you turned this into a movie. But uh, I am getting a little excited because Michael Dose is going to be the director. Uh, he did Stuber, and he joins Derek Kolstad as the writer of the film. So, I mean, you put like, Stuber, and he also did Coffee and Kareem, and then you put that with the writer of the John Wick series. That's a pretty interesting mix, and I mean, for those, I mean, has everyone here played Just Cause, or at least know of it? Based on everything I know about Just Cause and I've seen from everybody who plays it, it's my second favorite video game that I've never played. <laughs> it's the, the whole the, the premise of the video game is basically create as much chaos and destruction in so uh, in, in italy as much as you can yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean it and looks then, like it's a super fun the only the only game that i think i need to play before that is uncharted because i haven't played that oh those my god dude like, yes those two are both like top of my list to get into oh. and they're both getting movies made so i'm gonna have to play them yeah yeah yeah, well, I like that. Well, the reason I love uh, uh, Just Cause too is because they have the uh, the guy who voiced um, Enzio from Assassin's Creed is the voice Enzio, of the no character way. in this game. Is the voice oh, of uh, yeah. Rico and Rodriguez? He is, yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, he's my favorite. So yeah, he, he makes this, it for me. I mean, here's the thing: if they if as if I don't get a sequence where Rico is whoever they get to play Rico is. Yeah grappling to a, like an airplane and then grapples like a rocket from midair and then brings those two together with a car hanging off the side. Like I need, that's the <laughs> level of ridiculousness that the game does and it's awesome. So I I'm need that. I'm pretty sure Vin Diesel's doing that in the next Fast and Furious movie. But. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's very true. But no, that sounds, I mean, you need to go crazy with this one. From what I've seen from this game, it needs to be wild. Yeah, uh, definitely agree. Uh, so moving on to uh, other developments. Now, this one is kind of different. Now, I don't know. Does anyone uh, follow the uh, Usagi Yojimbo comics here mm -hmm. at all? Stan Sakai fans? Okay. Yeah. So the new animated series, Netflix, again, spending that money. Uh, Netflix is spending money for a new animated series. Now, this one is set in the future. And I don't, I'm going to, I know I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, so it's <laughs> Rabbit Samurai Yuki, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yeah. I, I'm gonna say that's right. The Usagi Chronicles. Uh, this is gonna follow uh, his uh, Usagi's descendant, like way 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 in the future, but it's still gonna have kind of the Japanese themes. Uh, but then mix all that samurai combat with like high tech uh, and kind of neon city life. Uh, sounds really cool. Um, I, I'm I know there's gonna be a lot of people though that are very like traditionalists and like if you've read the current comics like they're just really fun and lighthearted in a lot of ways but will kind of go dark when they need to but it's just like a really fun adventure so this seems in that vein uh is everyone excited i no. am, oh i am God. so i'm so torn uh because i, I mean the, the series is great I and mean, it's been going it's been going on for a really long time uh and i you know for me i think i saw it more as an opportunity uh if they were going to adapt some stuff um, to kind of get my kid into it because she can't read yet. 
but but same time, like knowing that Stan Sakai is going to be involved and, you know, it's, it's, and James Wan. Yeah. And and James Wan, I mean, which is weird, but okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh, That is an odd, I mean, it's an odd pick, but you know, but like the the time frame of it, I mean, feels radically different from some of the stuff we've seen in this series. And so uh, I'll be very curious to see how that meshes. Connor, Brandon, any thoughts? I'm not super familiar with it, so I just trust your opinions. So let me see if I understand this, Matt. We're getting this show, but Dragon Ball Super has been off the air for about two years now, and we still can't get that back? <laughs> hey, man, Netflix doesn't fund that. <laughs> no justice in this world. Get, get Netflix to fund it. It seems like they have the money to do this. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this I'm sure... This is why you and Jim, you and Jim need to have your own comics podcast. <laughs> I support I'm... this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep shouting it from the rooftops. You know, it's just going to be like, it's, if, if we did that, it's going to be like one whole panel dedicated to Sentry and Cardiac. It's just all. <laughs> and, oh, no, no. Moon just, Knight is going to come in there every once Moon Knight as well. Yeah. Yes. And Captain Marvel. It's gonna, that's yeah, all yeah. we're going to talk about. And I'll listen. I will never miss an episode. <laughs> right it there, folks. It will be like educational between you two. Because so, <laughs> people who like comics will still, who, like who, people who are hardcore. Anyway, I feel like I learned something every time I listen to you guys talk comics. Brandon, it's so complimentary today. So nice. Thank you, Brandon. That's so cool. So, okay. I feel like right now, Charlie's ears are going to burn because mm. we're about to talk New Mutants. So, <laughs> you, would, you would have thought, by the way, just with the reaction to this, like just taking you behind the scenes a little bit, the reaction to this was like, oh my God, you would have thought it dropped on video like today, but uh, from like all the uproar. But it was actually a panel that was announced for Comic-Con at home. It's the... I feel like this is the reason people are excited for this is because I feel like if they're going to make an announcement about when this is coming, this panel is going to be it. Like they're going to get the whole cast together. I'm sure they're going to talk about the movie and like, Oh, this was fun. And this was it. But everyone's just watching to know when and where they can see this. Right. There's no way this panel doesn't end with them saying, y'all want to see new mutants. Well, it's available right now. Go yeah, watch it. The, it has. It has to be. There's, but there's, here's here. Here's why I think it's a bigger deal than maybe it maybe it should be. Right? It's because this is legitimately the first time since everything has shut down that we have gotten something from Disney publicity that was not you know a Disney Plus thing, right? Or that like it wasn't like Hamilton. Uh, you know, something like Hamilton or Artemis Fowl or whatever. Like this is legitimately, I think, you know, Hamilton was big in his, in its own right. (laughs) But for us, like this is the first time that they've, you know, even uttered the word Marvel throughout this entire thing. And of course it's the Fox project that, you know, everyone never thought was going to see the, the light of day. And it may still not. It may just be, oh, it's going to be a panel. And no, no, just, you have to put this movie out of its misery. This thing is suffering. Put it down. Like, let see, us see. They will have a riot if they don't have at least a, a date. Even if they don't put where. I, got, I feel like they will just have so many people so mad. And, and that only negatively affects it. If well, it's, it's going to be... It's, it's going to be a new date, and then there's going to be another graphic sent, uh, sent, uh, floating around the internet that lists every single date that <laughs> New Mutants has had. I think we're on six now. That thing Connor. had more dates than Phase Three of the MCU. <laughs> Connor See, has a theory. I have, I have a theory. They're going to come out to this panel and go, "Okay, look, guys, we made it up. 
We made this whole <laughs> movie up. We just wanted to get people's attention. Maybe like do a de- the way Deadpool kind of. And then boom, it Eternals up. trailer. Exactly. All that screening <laughs> stuff was fake. Sorry, this isn't real. Can oh, you imagine my- the bait and switch? <laughs> if they show yes. an Eternals trailer, well, like, you know, forget about it. Oh, After yeah. Game of Thrones, Macy Williams has been through enough. Paid <laughs> her for three years to say that she filmed the movie that doesn't exist. Oh, oh man. When she I, filmed uh, this, I'm pretty sure Ned Stark was still alive. <laughs> yeah. Nice. There is, there is no way that this cat, like, because you know, you know, Junket Time's going to be coming around soon or whatever. There is no way that this cast remembers anything about filming them. <laughs> right? Okay, so let's, so now that we've What was we've it like filming topic, the movie? Oh, Anya Taylor-Joy is probably going to be like, well, I filmed a scene and then I went and got my driver's license. <laughs> 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 okay, so this panel hits on July 23rd, all right? So, betting time. Where, what do they reveal? When, like, when it, does it come I, out I'm on a Brandon digital service the, or a theater? I'm I think it's available at the, at the end. end of the panel. Yeah, I'm a Brandon on that one. Available at the end of the panel. I would be yeah. more surprised if that wasn't it. And I, the reason I say that is because I think the mo, all of the studios are skipping Comic-Con because you can't say anything right now that you, because you're not sure about anything. Yeah. If they're going to say something about this movie and go hard and spend, they have to spend, uh, like these, the way these things work is these actors have contract, in their contracts, they do a certain number of appearances and they're getting paid for those appearances. And there's only so much budget to pay these people and only so many appearances they are legally obligated to make. They're not going to go spending one of those appearances and that budget to get this stuff done to promote it for a time when they might not be coming to theaters. And we don't know if that current late August date is still going to be possible. I'm starting to think Black Widow in November is not going to happen. So I really think they are sure when we're going to see this movie. And the only way to be sure is if they're dropping it digitally. Well, I was saying that the other thing too, there was a a stock analyst just today saying that he doesn't think movie theaters are going to get back up and running until the mid of 2021. Wow. Mm. Well, which is insane. Thank you for bringing the, uh, Showdown there. That's sad that it is. Sob in, in the corner. Brandon doesn't know, like, won't know what to do with himself. Um, I'm already losing my mind. We'll do quarantine <laughs> watch parties of The Office, though. We'll get you caught up before January when The Office leaves Netflix. There you go. That's what we can I, do. Yeah, I better race and finish. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, to bring us back up a little bit uh, from Jim's very dour note, uh, we're going to talk about a really cool thing from Chris Evans, Captain America himself, who I feel like is just Captain America these days. Like, there's no separation between the two. He just is. Um, so, a young boy named Bridger Walker uh, saved his sister from an attacking dog, uh, and it was it hit social media and kind of became viral because he experienced a lot of injuries, ended up having to have surgery. Um, but since then, there have been a lot of people that have reached out and shared just really cool videos and uh, to him. But there's one video where uh, the mom has him, and he's in like a Captain America suit, a uh, little costume, and Chris Evans like talks to him. It's just like the most Chris Evans Captain America way. You feel like it's just Captain America talking to a kid. Uh, and it's just like really heartfelt, really sweet. And uh, if you haven't watched that, I would say take five minutes, watch that. It'll make you smile. And it'll make your day better. Does anyone yeah, have anything wanna... to add? So this should put Chris Evans at the top of everybody's Chris's rankings. I don't understand why Hemsworth goes first. He is literally Steve Rogers. Wait a minute. Put him at Does the Hemsworth go first on the Chris list? A lot of people put him at top because he's the cute one. But 
It's wow. got to be Evans. Well, wait. Okay. So, real quick poll. Who's Jim? Who's your top Chris? Uh, it's usually Chris Pine, followed by Chris ah. Evans. Brandon? Uh, Chris Pratt. Oh, Chris Pratt. <laughs> really? Yeah. Pratt's my number two. I think Pratt and Evans are up there, then Hemsworth just below, and then Chris Pine is, you know. No, Sorry, like Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. Connor? Right, Steve Trevor, you're not coming it, back. It goes Evans, Pratt, Hemsworth, Pine. Okay. And I'm sticking to that. Yeah. I, I go Evans, Pine. I, I love Chris Pine. Uh, and then I go Pratt, and then I go Hemsworth. Yeah, so. Okay. Yeah, but, but even this, I think, like, like I mean, you know, we'd be remiss to say, like, you know, Brandon had a pretty big role in making this video actually happen. So tell yeah. us about that, Brandon. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was really cool. I, I saw, I don't know, some, this guy's a pastor in Nashville or something. He's the one, he's, I saw a tweet from him about Bridger and I like immediately like responded. It was like, does he have a favorite superhero? Is there anything we can do to like get, raise this kid's spirits? So I thought the kid was local here in Nashville. Um, and then about the, the Twitter army started letting me know how to access the family and everything. So it was like, right as I was getting ready to finish up work for the day on um, Tuesday. Yeah, on Tuesday. Uh, and I had been sending emails all day trying to set up stuff for our Comic-Con show. And so I've been reaching out to publicists all day and stuff. So I already had all the contact lists open. So I was like, you know what? They tagged Tom Holland, Chris Evans, Downey, all the Avengers, Chadwick, uh, and all these people in, in their Instagram posts because they want you know to, they wanted to get the attention of the Avengers to try to make Bridger happy. So I emailed everybody, uh, the, the reps who I've dealt with in the past, who rep all of the people that they tagged. Um, and the next morning, I got the video from Evans, and I, I called Bridger's mom, and I was like, "Listen, I have this video, and they you can do with it what you want. Like you can keep this to yourself, and you can like you know, or or you can share it. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. Chris didn't do this for Chris. Chris did this for Bridger. Whatever makes you guys the happiest." Uh, is what you should do. And if you post it, I am definitely going to share it, but a lot of people are going to watch it. So be ready. And they were like, no, no, no. We want everybody to see this. This is the best thing ever. Uh, and I, I mean, I've had a lot of other people call too uh, today and yesterday, ever since that went up, uh, who are also looking to do something for Bridger. He has some more surprises coming his way. He got to zoom call with Tom Holland, uh, oh, which was cool really was cool. So I, I mean, the kids, it, like, the kid, like, saved his sister's life. Like, that's unreal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he knew, like, there's a, did you read the quote from this kid? Yeah. He said, I thought my sister was going to die, so I thought I should instead or something like that. It was yeah. something along those lines. It's, it's nuts that, it's like, un- what a kid, this kid man. has that kind of bravery. Yeah. It's, it's an, it's oh, an amazing I- thing. And, and it's so awesome to see all these people uh, just this outpouring of affection towards him. Yeah. And the, he deserves it. It's, I, it. I love what we do here. So to be able to take like the contacts we build here working at Comic Book and actually do something like, I'm not saying what we do isn't important, but to do something that impacts somebody like this and spreads inspiration and positivity, I was like, this is the best thing we could possibly do. And I'm like, I'm, I'm happy it worked out. No, that's awesome. Well, uh, so I mean, let's go from that. We're going to get into some DC stuff coming up here, but let's take a quick break and pay some bills. Catch you on the flip side. It's Kaylee. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. So going from that uh, really heartwarming story to just some general news, there was a lot of DC comic stuff, and we'll just run through some of this uh, kind of quickly. One that broke literally, what, half an hour ago? Something like that. Uh, the fabled Black Adam movie that it also feels like has just been in development limbo for so long uh, has its uh, Adam Smasher. Uh, looks like Noah Centineo, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, will be playing Adam Smasher in the movie. Uh, we don't really have much context as to like what the character's role in the film will be or like how big a role it is or anything like that. But, you know, uh, I saw a little bit going around of like, how having that kind of a star play like a lesser hero was a little disappointing to some. I mean, how do we feel about it? I mean, I, I mean, I guess he's big with the Netflix crowd, but I have no idea. Like, dude's gonna be He Man if that movie. Yeah. Oh, oh, He Man. Great. Another project that will never, you know, will never see the light of day. So, um, he's so a I don't know. I mean, it's weird. It crowd. I. It just. It, it's. It, it's interesting because I. You know, I, I never want to like count someone out for it's like, oh, does he have the physique for it? But like, Adam Smasher is a pretty, a pretty big dude, um, and so I imagine you know he'll end up training with the Rock and you know look like a beast by the end of it. But um, but no, I mean it's it, it, just the the era that it seems like this movie is going to play with with like the Justice Society and, yeah. and all that. You know, it's rumored that uh, Hawkman and Hawkgirl are in it and. Um, so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how Adam Smasher plays in because he is definitely one of the, uh, the weirder yeah. characters of the DC universe that you could have probably brought into this one. And I know weird is relative in, you know, this superhero Especially world. when you have like our man standing right next to <laughs> Right. <laughs> next to, but like, yeah. this is also a movie that's supposedly supposed to have Dr. Fate in it somehow. Um. It's like the redo of Scorpion King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I mean it's it's interesting I think a lot of people are just kind of like meh uh, can we say but... the JSA is the most interesting part of this movie for me so far like I've I've never I've just never been is the biggest really? Black Adam guy I've honestly never been the biggest Shazam guy oh. either just in the comics I, I, like there there was a there have been a, a number of Shazam miniseries over the year that have been fantastic I was a big uh, Black Adam fan for a while um, yeah I think the biggest thing people are going to be looking at is how does this connect to uh, Shazam? And do we see Zachary Levi in any capacity? I think that's what people are looking for. Yeah, I think if we do, it's going to be the smallest little tease right? of a future. Yeah. Like, maybe a, a post-credit scene or something. to Because we already got the Black Adam tease in Shazam with the like basically that history lesson, like the holographic yeah. history lesson. You see like a, a, a profile kind of of Shazam emerge. Uh, so... I think this will be set pretty far in the past for the most part, I think. And then maybe we'll see like why he's going to be on a crash course with Shazam teased. I think that's, that's my guess. Uh, I, I, that's what I'm more looking forward to more than anything, because like Matt, I mean, I think black Adam is very cool. 
And you all know I'm a huge Rock fan. That's no secret. But more than anything, I'm more interested in seeing him come face-to-face with Shazam and maybe some others yeah. somewhere else down the line. We yeah. see Superman from the neck down again. I'll be hyped. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> such a missed opportunity. Um, so moving from movie news uh, to comic news, uh, DC, I felt like, just split the internet open uh, when they announced that there would be a new Watchmen spinoff series. Uh, it's called Rorschach. Um, and it's going to be a, I mean, they're saying it's a sequel, but in a different way, right? So it's years and years, uh, like after the events of the original novel, um, this follows a supposedly like a new Rorschach, um, and it's Tom King writing it. Me and Kofi have been very, very clear, like we're Tom King fans. Um, but how does, I mean, Watchmen is always a touchy subject when it comes to comics because of all the stuff with the creators and the, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of complicated history there. So anytime it's announced, it doesn't matter what the series is, you're going to kind of have two camps. How does everyone feel about this new series? I'm just, I'm so done with the world of Watchmen that isn't the HBO series. Like, but you felt that way before the HBO series, right? And then it won you over. Yeah. Well, uh, yes. Yes, I did. I remember but we this, talked about that and you were but like, this, oh, no, but care. this, t- but this, this isn't that. And like, I'm so, I, I, I'm, sure. I'm a bit tired of the character of Rorschach and I get it and like, whatever. I just, it just feels unnecessary. I don't know, and I, like, there was never anything that's attractive to, to me about that character. Uh, and so I, I really don't know what else, what else you do. See, Matt, if we were in the studio, I'd be doing that camera two on me bit right now because <laughs> I'm not happy about this. Oh! Guys, we got, we got lucky with the HBO series. We got <laughs> very lucky. But no one liked before Watchmen. And nobody liked Doomsday Clock. What the hell makes you think this is going to work? Doomsday oh, Clock. That was a... I think it's yeah, when was the last time someone brought that up? <laughs> <laughs> there are days I forget it finished. Yeah, no. Definitely. Oh, my God. Before Watchmen, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I look, love talking, I too. It's not – this isn't going to work. All yeah. Right. It's uh, – it, this one, because I, I agree with Jim that the Watchmen series – had my interest because it was playing in the world, but it wasn't like a direct sequel. It was taking a bunch of ties and kind of reworking it into something different. This is literally like we're picking up threads. Now it's like 35 years. It's 35 years after the events of the original Watchmen. So it's not like it's the day after, but like Rorschach's journal made it to the press. Like all that stuff happened. Um, And this, like new Rorschach, uh, it, it's kind of like going with this mystery thing of they're going to be uncovering all these things along the way and finding the trail and all that. So I, the only reason I care about this, because I'm actually not the, like, I love Watchmen, like the original graphic novel Watchmen. I, I love it. I don't, it's not like my all-time favorite book. It's not this like sacred cow that a lot of people put it up there as for me. It's just not. So I'm only interested because it's King. I'm curious whether I stick with it after the first issue comes out. We'll see, but uh, yeah. it is worth talking about. So um, just a real quick thing also. So free comic book day, the first free comic book day book started rolling out and uh, a favorite writer of the podcast. I know Tom Taylor's new series for Marvel 
uh, was just like stealth dropped in there. Just like the last like four pages of that book of X-Men were this new Tom Taylor series, which kind of feels like his Marvel equivalent to Deceased. Not in, <laughs> not in the zombie thing, of course. It's a completely different premise. Wasn't, but, wasn't that Contagion? Like, wasn't that that Contagion well, series? Either? Right, yeah. Like, it was essentially... So this is called Dark Ages. And if you read the preview, we are going to get into spoilers. I mean, it's, you know, it's out and you can read it. It's also free. So <laughs> and no one even had to buy it. Um, but the last couple pages show, like, Iron Man and, like, the city experiences of full-on blackout, but not, like, just lights. It seems like all electrical uh, current is just gone. And, of course, that results in some pretty, uh, a pretty brutal thing for Iron Man specifically. But we're going to get that kind of thing. And, like, Deceased has kind of taken that run with it in the DC universe. And I, it, I got those vibes uh, from yeah. this. Don't, that's not a bad thing. I love Deceased. I know Connor loves Deceased. So that is not a... Uh, a negative in any way um, but I mean did everyone read it did everyone get a chance to look at it what do you think I uh, I'm always excited for for new Tom Taylor stuff I got, he's just great um, for wh- for whatever reason I have liked the decent de- I have liked Tom's work on main continuity Marvel books more than I have on the outside Marvel continuity books and I have liked his out of continuity DC work better <laughs> yeah. than anything he's done, you know, or he's, you know, than he's done there. And so it's, it's really, really weird for me. I agree with that, though. Um, I don't... This is very much judging a book, book by its cover kind of thing. I don't really dig the name, uh, and that kind of, worry, kind of worries me a, a little bit, but... Um, but we'll see. I'm really curious to see what like the threat is. And I think that'll really be like the, the hook. For I agree. Like right now, I just going off the premise of, Hey, there's a corrupted anti-life equation versus, Hey, all the electricity's gone. Like that <laughs> they're not like, I can't, I'm not as excited for one clearly as I am the other, but again, it's Taylor. I assume it'll be a multi-layered thing and it, it will turn out to be kind of something different. So that is hilarious. interesting. And yeah, right. Cry and at the end. That's how and Marvel does have a lot of like technologically powered heroes. Like they they use Man, armor. If the, and they, if and the villain stuff. if the villain is Ultron, then I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. I I feel like Ultron is like Joker for me. Like I'm kind of over yeah. that character. I need a break for a while. Um, but yeah. So well, at least at least Marvel's not giving you three different versions of Ultron and saying which one's the real. <laughs> oh God, that book's <laughs> still out there too. Oh geez. Uh, so all right. So let's go ahead and close it out here. Um, just a quick. This is a quick mention, but uh, I've gone on and on on here about the Batman White Knight universe uh, because it is such a fun like alternate take on Batman and Joker and Harley. Uh, Harley Quinn is getting her own spinoff series set in that same universe. And uh, for those who don't know, well, I don't want to spoil too much, but essentially like the story here with Harley, it has enough differences and, it, and it's been really cool to see that character. Like that character is a single mother, uh, has two children. And now she's going to be going uh, into like back to help with this like case. And it's going to tie into stuff she did with like the Joker when she was a villain, cause she hasn't been a villain for a while. That stuff is really interesting to me. So that's going to be a maxi series coming uh, to DC black label. Uh, so you can check out comicbook.com for a full preview of that. So let's go ahead and take a quick break and then let's move into the deep dive section, which has some spicy comments uh, from Rob Liefeld and uh, WWE, man. So stick around. All right. So this is, I, I threw in a grenade, did Kofi proud. 
I tried to anyway. We'll see. Because half the time, the grenades in the show don't ever end up being grenades. And the things that are like the most tepid of you, topics end up causing you can't, you can't plan the grenades. I'm trying my best to live up to the rep. So let, let's go ahead here. Rob Liefeld uh, had some... Uh, some interesting comments about Deadpool 3. Um, I'm not sure that everyone is going to agree. So here's what he said. Uh, he said, you know what? There may not be another Deadpool and I'm fine because I have to live with the fact that I had two amazing experiences, two movies I'm extremely proud of. I love knowing everybody on those movies. I love Ryan Reynolds, Josh Brolin, uh, Zessie Beetz, David Leach, Tim Miller. He explained all of them. The work they did was fantabulous. Great word. Uh, those movies are here to stand the test of time, you know, but in the world we live in, nothing is guaranteed and it takes a lot to make movies and post quarantine. It's weird. Uh, he elaborated in a different interview. Uh, we actually got to talk to him for talking shop. Uh, and he said, as far as like why there's no Deadpool three, he said, I blame Marvel, blame Marvel that that hasn't happened yet. They are the reason it isn't happening. Whatever conundrum or it didn't fit into their master plan, just commission it. Okay. Commission it. You know, if Frank Frazetta was still around, you would say Frank paint for me. So what do we think about the whole thing of being okay if a Deadpool, would you be okay if a Deadpool 3 doesn't happen, an X-Force movie doesn't happen, and Marvel just moves on from that? I mean, I'd be okay, I guess. Like, <laughs> I, I've always been of the opinion that Deadpool is basically Disney's break glass in case of emergency kind of thing, where they don't need... Deadpool right now. Would everyone like Deadpool? Yeah, absolutely. But I think, uh, but unless like Disney, and we may be getting real close to it, right? Like just with the way, you know, things are going, they're going to need something that is going to be a bona fide certified hit. Something that they know that they will, that, that is a check they will be able to cash. And Deadpool, Deadpool is that. Um, and it's an, it's different enough in you know, the character is different and fluid enough in a way that they can drop them in whenever, wherever. And I think that's really you know more the reason why Disney hasn't pulled the trigger on Deadpool is because they just they don't need to right now. Uh, I think they they need to get Black Widow out because that movie is uh, important to the future of the MCU. And so uh, once we finally figure out where that is and how Eternals falls. Well, they also you know, we can, filmed Black Widow already. Well, right, yeah. I mean, those movies are done, right? But like, yeah. but that's but that's the thing. It's like you know, they're they're so what? The only movie that Marvel's got in production right now is Shang Chi, right? That they're they're actively filming. And so the like, Disney and, Plus series, are they? Yeah, well, and they've got the Disney Plus series, but yeah. But I think, like after that, like whatever plan they had last year, or even earlier this year, or maybe even last month they may be able to crumple up and throw out the window after Shang-Chi is done and say, okay, we need to rewrite and you know, fix all this stuff. And maybe that's where Deadpool fits in. But, but they still have to make Blade. That, you can't get rid of that. Oh, that's right. God. Blade's coming. You've got to make Blade. So sad if they don't make Blade. Why wouldn't they? I mean, they would make Blade. I, like, think, not Blade, gonna, but, I think Blade yeah. appears somewhere else before Blade. Oh, he's got, yeah. You, I, could, I, you could put Blade in Deadpool. They both have swords. <laughs> you, could put, <laughs> you could put Blade in Morbius. Oh, please. Yeah. Oh, you Why could. would you do that? Yeah. Oh, you could. Right? But, and, then there's the, and then there's the whole, like, Sony side of all, you know, the, all this other stuff, too, right? It's just, I, 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 don't, I, I don't agree with pretty much anything Rob Liefeld has said about Deadpool, but I like Rob Liefeld, so I don't want to, like, I like him as a person. <laughs> no, I, I, but, but I think, but I think Rob, 
Rob's got some some valid points. I'm not saying that because, like I said, you know, Rob's a friend of the site, and whatever. But you know, I think the biggest thing that is going to hold hold all of this up, I believe, is just Disney needs to be in a bit of a dire straight position for them to say, okay, let's do it. I mean, because they could. I mean, Disney could do a number a number of things, right? Like they could launch the X-Men or do another Avengers movie or pay Robert Downey Jr. a bunch of money to show up as Iron Man somewhere. Uh, but, you know, even just oh, from I, a, a... What? I just... I, I don't think... They, I think there is far more interest in another Deadpool than there is in another Iron Man. You think so? Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. And I love Iron Man. I'm the biggest Iron Man fan on this call, no question. But I think that there is far more interest in another Deadpool. Well, but- but I that's what I mean, that's though. Thing. That's why I think. That's why I think Deadpool is is the is you know the emergency. Uh, I agree with Brandon's statement on being more excited for a Deadpool movie than I am an Iron Man movie. I'm not the biggest Iron Man person, but like I agree with that. I both are though below me getting an X Force movie. That was the one I was looking forward to. I didn't care about another Deadpool movie. I was fine with not. I'd be perfectly fine with just these two. They're great. I enjoyed them. I was looking forward to the whole reason we got Cable and Domino into the mix was so that we could get X-Force and bring some of those characters yeah. in and like do a really cool R-rated X-Force. And now I'm probably never going to get that. And well, that bums me I out more than any devil. Is, I think the issue is the, the canon of it all and the Kevin Feige of it all. Feige is um, of the puppet master behind all of it. He has complete control over all of it. If you inherit a cast, let alone a story that comes with the characters they've already played, that makes it tricky. So I think there's a lot to figure out and they're going to evaluate based on reactions because I think what Marvel does well is look at what works and what doesn't work and do more of what works and do less of what doesn't based on audience reactions so that their their plans are always fluid. So you're going to see in WandaVision and Doctor Strange 2 and maybe some multiverse stuff where you have the opportunity to keep that X-Force or not and move forward with that. I want to see X-Force one way or another. I liked Josh Brolin as Cable. I loved Zazie Beetz as Domino. So I don't really care if it's recast. Like, I would love to see them. But at the same time, I trust in Kevin Feige to make a good X-Force movie if he builds to it his own way. I know it, the MCU of it all would make it very MCU of it all. So I think what the, the gritty, raw approach that we got in Deadpool 2 would be more enticing than stuff we've seen from the MCU so far, but I think the MCU is going to have to be forced to evolve and embrace that sort of stuff if it wants to continue being the juggernaut that it is. So I am okay with either scenario, but I don't think Disney is just dismissing Deadpool at all. I think there is no chance that De- Disney is looking at Deadpool and saying, eh, we don't, you know, we own them. Cool. Put them on a shelf. I don't think that's true. Well, they have to know that integrating Deadpool with the MCU is a billion-dollar idea, and they're not going to walk away from that money. Absolutely, and I also think to all the people who argue Deadpool has to be rated R, they've already said they're going to make they're going to keep Deadpool R, but they've also you you look at comics and Deadpool works in family-friendly comics and kid-friendly comics True. just fine. You you can find and a filmmaker who's more clever than me who gets paid millions of dollars to come up with these ideas because they're better at coming up with those ideas than I am finds a way to make it clever to limit Deadpool to a PG-13 rating just for that movie. You can still have your R-rated Deadpool 3 or Deadpool 2.5 for the MC, whatever you want to call it, with Ryan Reynolds, and you can put them in 
the next Spider-Man movie or somewhere where he can interact with whoever on a PG-13 basis and make a mockery of it all, if only for a couple of scenes. It has to be a movie that the tone fits because it could also instantly remove you from the tone of the film if Deadpool makes a joke of Peter Parker getting hunted by Craven or whatever it is. But I think you can make Deadpool work in a PG-13 setting, not permanently, but on a on a yeah, I would say as a as a guest star, yes. I think as a um, as a like if it was a solo film, I think we have gotten so especially with the success of franchises like John Wick, um, yeah. and even you know with with movies like Extraction on Netflix, like those are action heavy movies that. Deadpool is the perfect character for it. And that's the kind of Deadpool that people want to see. And that's the, that's well, then, what you saw then in Deadpool 2. Universe. Then make a Deadpool 3 and have MCU characters pop in there and they don't participate in the R-rated stuff, but yeah. make Deadpool do it. You know what that becomes? That becomes uh, DC versus Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> the original, the original version. Not, not like the new ones. Like that becomes that. And that was so so bad because you get like it's this weird middle ground and no one comes out looking great now what i agree though is like current deadpool comics are fun and ridiculous and they play up the meta stuff with deadpool yeah. and they're no not one wants really to that, that over the top i i disagree I, in small no. doses like you said if it's a, a part of an avenger style group or a movie where it's dealing with a bunch of people i think that would be fine i don't think honestly anyone would care for a solo everyone's gotten used to the r-rated stuff so i would but find that's it not but that's not back. how the mc but that's not how the mcu works okay the we MCU don't know works. how the mcu works with the fox stuff because no one's seen well that i mean yet. but that's and so, and that's <laughs> the biggest problem that they've got i know so i'm saying but we don't know how that works so yeah it will and be the mcu has surprised so many people if do you think that a, if i told you a disney movie was going to tackle issues of race the way black panther does like that that is like that went way deeper than you would expect from a disney film it was sure. pretty forward about a lot of heavy topics. Yeah. They're not, I, and they, they keep, they keep taking, they keep just pushing it a little further each time. And Guardians of the Galaxy has some pretty raunchy quips in there. I mean, they keep it family friendly. You have little jokes like, like Drax saying, my, I have tremendous turds. But then you also have, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know, Rocket talking about whatever, like quips about, like their sexual innuendos and literally in the first few minutes of the first guardians of the galaxy movie, so peter quill said if you took a black light to this place it looked like a jackson pollock painting <laughs> yep you know what that means the kids <laughs> know what that means so Which, so there are ways to make these things work so moving from that wonderful metaphor we're gonna move into wrestling <laughs> ah, close out our whole segment because it fits policies. perfectly what? With, why was that the transition because i had to find one <laughs> that's ah. why i had to find one that's why it was the transition uh so we're gonna move into wrestling to close out the show because honestly we could sit here for like another hour and debate this because it worked out it was, it was like, a grenade it was like a gentle grenade we're all still it was a grenade. yeah i'm exactly. not gonna talk to jim until monday but whatever it's perfect uh, so, Connor, uh, let's close out the show and talk yeah. some wrestling. So, what is on tap for this weekend? So, this Sunday, we've got a show called The Horror Show at Extreme Rules. Yes, you heard that right. That's what we're doing. Um, uh, six matches, pretty short cards, some weird stuff on this show. We've got an eye for, I mentioned this last time I was on, an eye for an eye match. Either Seth or Rey Mysterio is going to lose an eye, and that's how they're going to end this match. I don't know... Okay, no, but wait, but did you, did I miss it? Did you mention what the, the tagline of Extreme Rules is? The horror show. Yeah, the, hor the horror show. Yes. 
the horror show. And I think what, they're, they're calling it is, that. What is that? Because of the Wyatt Swamp fight cinematic match thing, they wanted I, to feel like that. I can't tell if that is a worse, like, extreme rules of the uh, horror horror night or whatever is worse. It, it is almost worse than Great Balls of Fire as a pay per view now. <laughs> At least that one's the one with funny. the boot that I really liked. Stomping ground. It was a boot, man. It was the just killer the logo. boots. And you killer loved logo. it. Awesome logo. Anyway, go ahead. Get to this. I'm still not okay about that one. Uh, you've got a Wyatt Swamp fight with Bray and Braun. It's very quietly not been a title match, and no one seems to acknowledge that part. So I think this is where Bray wins, because he's bringing back the creepy cult guy. And then you've got a world title match with Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Nobody cares about. Drew's going to win. Moving on. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is, it's an anime filler arc. It, it has no bearing on anything. <laughs> you don't think Ziggler wins? No. Of course he doesn't because he's Dolph Ziggler and it's the year 2020. Wow. Look I, got, look, I used to get a ton of crap from Matt in particular, maybe a, a year ago when we started this podcast and we started talking about Dolph Ziggler. And I said, the minute Dolph Ziggler got a comedy act, he was done. Done as a wrestler, and he's still can't done. He's win still with done. a name like Dolph. When did I give you grief on that? I don't remember this. Yeah. I, I just remember us giving grief, Matt grief about Finn Balor, and it took him. Once you get a com- once you get a comedy that, gimmick, so. <laughs> once you get like a weird comedy gimmick in the WWE, that's it. It's over. I mean, now here's the thing. It's, you. Well, it's, tell that to Otis. I mean, he's got a comedy gimmick. Yeah, he's got, Otis that's it. He's done. You're gonna. You were not even gonna no, be talking about you Otis in a year and a half. About Otis. A year and a half from now, we're not gonna be talking about Otis. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. That's like, like that's, that's the thing. You like, laughed at my thing. impression of Otis. That's Dolph, why it works. Dolph Ziggler is such a phenomenal worker, and I yes. just don't understand how he 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 cannot just break through and be the star that that he pissed off Vince McMahon somewhere along the way I mean it must have but it is just it is absolutely absurd sorry go ahead Vince just had an idea for him when he first showed up and it never broke I mean even the times he did win the world title it was like we're not really pushing him we're just kind of this is a placeholder he refused to ride a dolphin into the ring <laughs> uh, but I'm going to make the guess now that this is going to be a match of the night and maybe a match of the year contender. It's Asuka versus Sasha Banks. Yeah. Uh, if you've been watching WWE television at all lately, Banks and Bailey have been absolutely killing it. And Asuka's freaking amazing. Can I we just point out, by the way, so Jim pointed out that I hated on his Ziggler thing over there. I don't remember this, but evidently I hate it. However, I know that there are haters in this room and amongst our staff of Bailey, heel Bailey, and she got better. That's my right that's now. my argument. Is she? I used to not like it, but she got better. And when someone explained to me she that she's only, Angelica, she only got better because no. Britt Baker hasn't been around to do it better no, than, she's than been, Bailey. No, Have you been she's watching Dynamite? She's on two, every week. <laughs> she's gotten better over the last two months, especially. But over even before that, she was always getting better. She's been good in this role for a minute. Now, Nothing's better than Britt Baker taking the clothesline and sending Shivani messages. <laughs> Nothing's better than that. But Bailey's been amazing. And someone explained to me as she's Angelica from Rugrats. And that is the perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That is this. Fantastic. All right. So, uh, but no. Because but, oh, I want to I talk about the Wyatt Swamp fight thing. Because I, I don't think Bray wins here. Because I, I think that I think 
I think they want to put the belt back on Bray. They I think I think Bray loses here, sets up for SummerSlam, and Bray wins the title at SummerSlam. As See, I just think you could do that just as easily as Bray wins in this version, so then Braun turns around and goes, okay, now we need the rubber match, and Bray says, well, I brought somebody, and then the, the Fiend pops up. And I think, that, I think you can just as easily do that. I think that's why it's not for the title this time. Well, because I, but I think, but I think if you have Bray lose even here, even if it's something that is, you know, for all intents and purposes on Bray's home turf, it it you run the risk of making Braun look weak, and and I mean, if they were willing to let John Cena get just jobbed all over the place in their Firefly match, yeah, I don't think they're Cena's afraid to do different. that here. Cena's different than Braun. Is he? Like, Cena's Teflon. He could, they could do whatever the heck they want, and he's still going to have his fans, and he's going to sell merch. And dude's think, hardly even around WWE. Well, because 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 here's the thing: like Cena and like Cena's wins and him Super Cena or whatever, like that wasn't Cena's, for lack of a better word, gimmick. Right? Like Braun's right. gimmick is being the big strong guy. Ah. And, yeah. Right. And so <laughs> and so that's why I think they have to be a bit more careful in how they book his wins and losses and then say someone like Cena. Uh, but a win here makes it, and even if Bray comes back as the Fiend in SummerSlam, it then makes the Fiend look that much stronger if he can put Bray down for the title normally. I think that's, that's fair. I, I, think it's, it's gotta, I think it needs to be said that the last time Bray got a cinematic match, we got this David Lynch film basically and it was amazing so i'm really excited to see what he does this time because i have zero idea what it's going to look like yeah but i love that it's so it's so unpredictable uh also just real quick circling back to the uh bailey sasha thing because that's kind of why it bums me out that like nikki cross to me has no shot but i would love to see nikki like everyone loves nikki she's awesome she's so good uh but i just don't see her winning here either because that sasha bailey storyline has to play out and Bailey has to keep the belt until yeah. that plays out. Um, so yeah, they can't so. keep dragging it out though. Like there needs to be a step forward in this story because it has literally been two years since we got that first tease of them. It's breaking. Been a very long time. Yeah, it's been good. Connor, you've time. been talking to like everybody from WWE. I have. I just <laughs> got off the phone with the Miz before we had this show. Yeah. You know what I mean, who's who's been like who's who has been like kind of the most surprised? Like I'm sure you have like a superstar you were most looking forward to talking to out of all of this. Who has been like kind of like you found their conversation to be genuinely the most compelling and interesting throughout? Well, The Undertaker blew me away by just how open he was on That's different so topics that people have talked about for years about him, but to hear him bring actually discuss things like Sting. The fact that I got to ask him, like, how do you feel when people speculate over this nonstop? To hear him talk about it very, very frankly and just be like, look, I know this would work and I know people would love it, but I also know it wouldn't be the match that everybody's hoping for. That kind of insight I really enjoyed. Wow. Um, yeah. we, we brought up Bailey super nice. Like I was, I was blown away by her. Um, just absolutely delightful to talk to. That's awesome. Um, oh, she didn't, she didn't do the interview in gimmick. No, thank See, <laughs> I have no patience for that. I have zero <laughs> patience if you can't break character. And I luckily haven't run into that much outside of like orange Cassidy and MJF. Uh, so and I yeah I agree. I, I, it it makes, edge. What was it talking makes an to interview edge so like? much better? I didn't get it. That was rusty. 
I saw the interview. I assumed I just thought it, it was. It makes an interview so much better when they're not in character to me. Like it's just, yeah, it's, it, it's so. so I, I interviewed, I interviewed Cody once and he went during Stardust and he yeah, did the interview in Stardust. Uh, what do you even, how do you even like talk to Stardust? You, you talk to him something. like he's the Joker, basically. That's because yeah. that's what he was doing. Uh, and you can have fun with it. Like I've done it a few times, and it's fine. But I will say I'm very happy that most times when you talk to a superstar, it's out of that, and you can actually the, converse like a person. I the one exception like, was Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman did not break character, but I still enjoyed that one because it's like good. a verbal joust. That's, that's what I was gonna say. Is there's probably a few, especially from like '90s characters, like talking to Steve Austin in character would be really cool like right because that dude is his character yeah, like, he really like, is like so like you know how's like even now if he didn't have a match coming up you'd just be like you know how's retirement he'd, he'd be like how's retirement you ask me is that what you you try to me ask me about my retirement i'll tell you how retirement stone cold steve austin chilling on the farm that's what stone cold steve austin doing <laughs> really yeah, spot on much. yeah and that's an interview <laughs> or just him in the ring it doesn't matter <laughs> Um, so is that uh, all to uh, look forward to at Extreme Rules, Connor? Anything before we head out? Uh, I would keep an eye out on this Miz interview I've got coming out. By the time you hear this, it will be out uh, on the website. Uh, there's a particular stipulation Miz has set for himself that I think people are going to want to tune into. So keep an eye awesome. out. Nice. So we'll say before we do wrap up, it should, it's very important to note, Connor wrote the story up. There are a lot of wrestlers who uh, will, have be, will be free agents by tomorrow or Saturday. Yeah. And so, so does that mean AEW is going to come calling? <laughs> I think there's another company that might yep. come calling for a lot of there's, these. There's going to be a lot. If you were, uh, yeah, I will just say. Yeah, if you want to see, if you want to see, if there, if, you, if there were a lot of favorites on that list, I would actually tune in to Slammiversary is what yeah. I would say. I just want to see where EC3 Slam. goes because EC3 has been killing it with these little vignette things. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to see where he goes. Well, you might want to pay attention. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> going to be a big weekend for wrestling. Absolutely. So you can always keep up with our coverage on comicbook.com, the wrestling page. And uh, you can also find Connor and the whole wrestling team will be typically live tweeting these things as they go. So make sure to tune in over there. Uh, if you want to talk about these topics and more, you can always check out comicbook.com. But you can also tune in the new episodes of Comic Book Nation every Wednesday and Friday. And you can keep up with us by subscribing to the RSS feed. And you can also hit up your favorite podcast players, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, one of my personal favorites is finding an Alexa device and saying Comic Nation, and it will pop up our lovely voices. So definitely check that out. If you want to continue the conversation, you can use the Comic Nation hashtag uh, and just talk to us about stories you want to hear us talk about. Uh, just shooting anything, we can always talk. It doesn't matter. Comics, movies, wrestling, obviously. Um, you can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. You can find me at Brandon Davis BD. Find me at Jim Viscardi. And at Connor Casey underscore CB. Boom. If you dig the show, you can always leave us a review on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts. I will say uh, I have no clue uh, when we're going to be able to get shirts. <laughs> so uh, that will happen at some point in time. When we do, if you do leave us a five-star review, we will definitely have some kind of like special show where we read, like that might just be the whole show. It's just reading reviews. Uh, we appreciate all the kind words and support from you guys. And uh, it just makes this one of the best parts of our day. So uh, stay healthy. Have a great great day and uh, thanks for tuning in deuces